There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the time trial preview for the World Championships, both the men and women's edition. The women's race is on Thursday, I believe, and the men's is on Friday. I got that wrong. So we actually, we are in time. We're not doing it too late. Women's on Thursday, men's on Friday, also with a surprise participant, maybe not too surprising, in the women's race. So stay tuned for that as well. I can't wait to get into that preview. But first, the men's race. The circuits are similar between the two. The men's is longer, 48 kilometers. The longest TT we've had in the World Championships since Harrogate. Remember, Imola was like 31 kilometers, something very short, like maybe the shortest ever. Uh, Lurven was 44 kilometers, but not as hilly. And last year, I think, was 38 kilometers for the men in Wollongong. Harrogate was 55. This is 48. So back to being pretty long. It's got a few hills in there, 265 meters elevation gain. So it's not as flat as Lurven, but it's also about half as hilly as Harrogate. In terms of how technical it is, Benji, it's not that technical, I don't think. Really, it's nothing like the city circuit uh, that we saw <laughs> in the imagine. road race, that's for sure. I mean, then Van der Poel, yeah, I think Van der Poel or Van Aert would just win. <laughs> I think so as well. That would be pretty crazy, a time trial on that circuit with TT bikes and so forth, especially with the 15 16% gradients on some of the uphill sections there. But that's not the case in this parkour. We've got a, a route that has, like you said, those hills, but it's important to note that these hills are... 4%, 5%, and for like less than a kilometer in length. So it's not like we've got like a, a 3 kilometer 8% ramp or anything, or a 10% ramp where you need a bike change. So no bike change is needed here. There's a bit of a cobble section the last 200 meters on the last hill towards the finish line. So the cobble skills of uh, Wout Fanard will come in handy. I don't think it's actually going to matter too much, to be honest, but it's pretty funny to see it on the route, though. But it's a long time trial, eh? It's... And I kind of like it. Like, I've always been of the opinion that I want to see variation in the length and not just a 50-kilometer one every year, not just a 25-kilometer one every year, so that every type of time trialist can have, like, an opportunity somewhere. So we've had 25-ish, 26, 30-kilometer ones in the past. Now we've got a 50-kilometer one again. So I like that. It does suit certain riders more than others. I think there's riders that do fall off after... 25 to 30 kilometers. Would you say a Bissiger is a rider that is also 20-ish kilometer range-ish? Yeah, and also Kung previously. Uh, I think Kung is a, is much better in the 25 to 30, 36k range. I, I can't remember exactly, but from memory, in the Leuven splits, he was up there with Ganner and, and Wout, and then in the last section, he slowed down. Um, now yeah. that might have just been pacing on that particular day. But that's my general gut feeling. But yeah, it's in Stirling, north of Glasgow and uh, Edinburgh. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of in the countryside a little bit on some A roads. So familiar, familiar feeling for Tarling and Grant Thomas. 
growing up doing A-Road TTs. And yeah, like they do, they go off the A-Roads to do a few of these little climbs through Kippen, through Garganoch, and then up uh, Touch Road back into Stirling. So, but they're more like 800 meters, 3%, 400 meters, 5%, 300 meters, 4%. You know, they're, they're going to be in the TT bars and the extensions for these. The climb to Sterling, though, I think it's to the castle. It's 800 metres, 5.5%. I think there's there's also points that are steeper than that average, mm-hmm. too, for sure. So, you know, they it, it's a proper punch to the line up the up the hill at the end. So, but if you're cooked, you can lose a fair bit of time there, as we've seen in uh, the, the Poe women's TT, actually, in the, at the end of the Tour de France Femme. Exactly, that's what I wanted to kind of guess at, how important that final ramp can be in this time trial, because if you're completely washed at that point, completely done at your limit, then you can lose 10-20 seconds on a final ramp, and that, that's, that's a lot when it matters. So it's all about having that tiny bit left over towards the end, but also making sure that you don't have too much left over when that ramp starts. So I do think the major differences will happen before we get to that ramp because it's a long time trial and therefore the differences will already be made majorly. But how about we for a second think about this time trial and you said it for a second, Leuven there for a second. Which ones of the past do you think have the most influence on this parkour? I mean, Harrogate, but it's four years ago. So, you know, Dennis won that one. It was an hour and five minutes, the winning time roughly, but he's not in that shape anymore probably Leuven, i would say mm-hmm. um but then that was pancake flat whereas with the little hills you'd expect that to suit remco the weather forecast some light showers could rain might not rain road could be i don't think that'll make too much of a difference because it's not the most technical but if it is raining i would say that disadvantage is Avonapool and benefits riders like kung and wout van art uh, and probably disadvantages Ghana marginally too. So, yeah, I think that Leuven, uh, that Harrogate TT, but that was also, yeah, so long ago. But yeah, the, the main contenders are... Foss. Go, uh, yeah, Tobias. Well, apparently, according to the odds, I'll do it by the, by the betting odds. Avonapool's the favourite at 275, narrowly ahead of Van Aert in second at 325. Mm-hmm. Kung third favourite at $5, Ghana at 575. So... It's clearly, and I also see the race quite similarly, there's four riders that the bookies really think are the main contenders. Yeah. Remco, Van Aert, Kung, and Ghana. And they are the Leuven guys. That's the top four from Leuven, I think. Um, and, and it's with Remco as the narrow favourite. Uh, and then it goes to, do you agree with that, Benji? I, re- I would be surprised if anybody won outside of that four. I have the same opinion. Like, last year we had a bit of an upset with, Tobias Foss winning. I don't see that happening this year. I feel still that that was kind of a, a fluke result. Yes, he's a competent rider. Yes, he's a strong rider. But that was a result that is not aligned with the majority of results we've had in the past. So I would say that's unlikely to happen two years in a row. And when it comes to the riders you have there, I agree. There are some differences between the two to what the riders prefer, what distance the riders prefer, what hills the riders prefer. But there's also a major difference in the races they're riding at the moment. because. Ghana did not ride the men's road race. We have Evenepoel, Kung, and Wout that did ride that road race. Kung was very good in that. Wout got second, Kung fifth. Evenepoel was relatively active, but didn't necessarily get the best result towards the end of the race, 25th, if I recall correctly. And Ghana, on the other hand, 
is writing track discipline. I have a hard time figuring out whether doing the track a few days before the time trial or doing the men's race before the time trial, what will stack up against each other? What is a benefit? What is not a benefit? Can you have a weaker time trial because you went all out in the road race? What do you think? I mean, yeah, Ghana was, I think he was slower than his qualification time when he just narrowly beat Bigham in the, in the individual pursuit final. Not going to pretend to be a track expert. Maybe he normally does that. I don't know. But I don't think he was on top, top form. But then how does a four-minute effort compare to what's going to be a 55-minute, yeah. one-hour effort? I don't know. Maybe he was weaker in the track because he's prepared for the World Championship's 50-60 minute effort. And so his four-minute effort, which is a completely different energy system, I, I don't know. Um, so that's hard to say. I would, I would say it is a slight negative. I would mm -hmm. also say Ghana has not been as dominant in TTs anymore, yeah. just generally speaking. Uh, for throughout the year, I mean, maybe that's wrong. Maybe he did he still win his Torino one. He did. Oh, like he was third in the Algarve TT, but that's a bit... Oh, that wasn't that healy. That was still a 50k average, and I wonder, you know, he lost to Kung there by 10 seconds. He did win his Torino TT by a, a big margin, but that was against, like, Kamner came second. So I'm not sure that was the best the best judge of things. And then in the um the 55k in our average TT in the Giro, he got smoked by Remco. So I think it's right that he's not really the favorite but i do think the longer i mean it's weird to say this the longer tt suit him more like and he only beat tiling by eight seconds who'd crashed in the 32k volony tt yeah so is that because tiling's a freak yes but also i don't know i don't know and then remco with the road race benji i do actually i i don't i don't think remco's in his best shape uh, this could be really wrong, and I've mm -hmm. always been a Remco believer, but the road race, okay, you can say the corners and stuff, oh, he lost in the corners, but he was really bad. Like, he, he sucked in that race. He just won San Sebastian, and normally, he's a guy that's so good, he can win a race without even being in best shape. So in San Sebastian, I was surprised he didn't drop everyone and go solo. I actually was surprised by that. I know he won in the sprint, so maybe, but maybe... He's carrying more weight because it's a flat TT where weight doesn't matter. And so, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I also see Remco, I don't really have him as my favorite. I think for the road race, I see it more as the continuous consecutive accelerations that hit him very hard with the fact that his cornering left him in positions that had to have him accelerate even more every single corner. And I think that fucked him over the most. It's very difficult to quantify how much it influenced his race but i would bet it influenced him quite a bit knowing that he was in groups behind a lot of the time yes he could have been in better positions once the circuit started in the first place but hey that's that's what happened i wouldn't say that i'm completely hopeless on remco for this tt either if i take a look at these three riders that you just discussed remco wout and even kung as the third rider now i feel like this is the in previous years, Ghana was always in the top two favorites. Ghana on the odds is not in the top two favorites now. He's fourth favorite according to the odds, which is not usual. Let's just say that. And I feel like it's the best chance, the best year 
for Belgium and for Kung to potentially become world champion, which is odd to say because you can't say that about all three of those riders at the same time. But if you take a look at Remco Stamtrals, if we take a look at uh, Harrogate as a first one, long time trial was good on the long time trial and so forth. I think he got second in that time trial. But then on the time trial at the Giro, which it's hard to, to measure that because I'm pretty sure he was already riding with Coven in that time trial, but he started off fast and towards the end of that time trial, he slowed down and like, yes, that could 100% be for, because of the COVID. We don't know that. I, I expect him to do a better time trial in the pacing than during the Giro, but I feel like pacing plan was kind of an issue in the Giro in the time trials that he did. So if he can find a good pacing plan and be able to stick with the same level throughout the time trial, because on paper, this time trial looks like it's relatively doable when it comes to pacing depending on the wind where the wind comes from and so forth how hard the wind is in what direction it comes from in that sense what will be the hardest part uh with headwind what will be the tailwind part but it's relatively flat so you don't at least have to think about a major climb somewhere those hills happen but Remco should be able to pace that relatively okay when you take a look at wow the hills are also not three kilometers to five kilometers so i also feel like wow should be able to handle those quite well and Kung has been riding pretty strongly on hills in the last two years. So if I take a look at those, I'm like, they're actually looking good for this time trial when it comes to the parkour itself. And yeah, Remco didn't have the biggest road race, but I understand that he's still one of the top three favorites for this time trial. And it's hard for me to pick between the four riders of who is actually going to win. Yeah, I actually don't have a strong view on, on which of them could win. You know, you, you've got Remco, if he's in his Giro shape, just wins. Straight up. If Remco yeah. is in that stage one Giro shape and can do it for yes. that length of, of TT, he just wins. He, he put 30 seconds into Ghana and like 50 seconds into Thomas Roglic Gaginha. It was a ridiculous performance. If he, if he can do that, no one can touch him. Van Ark, the parkour really suits him. It's going to be 50Ks an hour plus. The Yumbo TT setup, we haven't seen perform that well on a high-speed TT. The yeah. two TTs they've dominated this year were mountain TTs. They were not flat TTs. Kung, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. If it's raining, if it was more, tech, if it was more technical, I'd go Kung. He's in very good shape, but it's still Stefan Kung. He can win, don't have a strong view. Ghana, who knows, good on long TTs. What's his shape like? Not as dominant maybe anymore, but... We haven't seen him on a 50k TT yeah. for a long time. Uh, let's go to the the sort of the second row. I think both of us, yeah, agree that it, it's really hard to. Th there's <laughs> pluses and minuses for the top four, which is why this is going to be such an exciting event, by yeah. the way, to watch. The second row, Foss is fifth favorite. I just don't agree with that. That's just wrong. That's not right. Uh, on 21, Cadeneo 21. That's based on his recent TT in uh, Poland that he won. Geraint Thomas 29, Pogacar 34. Dennis 41, Tarling 41. That's really the second row. And then everyone else is huge odds. I like, I like GB here. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think I'm going to pick one of, one of the GB guys is going to top three. Okay. At least definitely top five, but one of them will top three. Thomas Shape after the tour. Did he do the tour? Giro. After Giro. the Giro. Don't know. Tarling looking good. Um, but I don't see any of these guys winning. But Pogacar, 
Has he been good in one day TTs? I don't think so. Not as like good as he's in the tour. Like he beat Kung in the Tour de France TT, the stage five in twenty twenty one. I don't I don't uh, think in like actual world championships, but it's also the placement of those one day TTs because now we've got it in between the, the Tour and the Vuelta. It's closer to the Tour de France. That being said, in San Sebastian after the Tour de France, he often was not great, but he was strong at the road race this time around. So I don't know if we can use Pogacar's previous one day TTs as a guideline for this time trial. But I still believe he won't be able to make it against the pure time trialists here. So when it comes to Pogacar, I'm looking at a, a 5th to 9th position. And that's probably towards the 8th to 9th, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. I agree with that. My, my dark horse and to win is Tarling. Ooh. That's a bit of a hard pick. <laughs> Why not? I'll, I'll just do my pick straight. My pick to win is Tarling. Definitely the top three. <laughs> I think this length of time trial... Yeah. Like, he gets better the longer the TT is. He's a huge engine. He's been doing these ridiculously long British... Britain has, like, a fetish for these long A-road TTs that go for an hour plus. That's what he's been doing since he was a kid, and he's still 19 or 20. I think he top threes at least, and he's... Yeah, he's just a beast, and you saw his Wallany TT, that was eight seconds off Ghana. Well, if that was a good Ghana performance, maybe it wasn't. I don't know, I just, I really like Tarling for this. I also like Björg. I, I think 126 to 1, Björg. Okay, yeah, Dauphiner, he only, he only beat Vingegaard, but that was an up and down TT. I'm not saying he's going to win, I don't think he will, but Björg top five wouldn't surprise me, actually. Ah, uh, oh, maybe it would, but I'm surprised <laughs> he's 126 and... Yeah. Castaneda is 21 or Foss is 21. I, I think Björk will probably beat Foss, but maybe that's discounting Foss a little bit too much. When it comes to other outsiders, like people will look at the Polonia time trial and say, okay, Almeida got second there, Thomas got third there, Fisher Black got fourth there. I won't lie, I don't have the highest confidence in those three to compete for the top five in this race. Even Thomas, even though the parkour on paper suits him, but he's in such a Vuelta Espana preparation at the moment. It starts in about a small three weeks, if my math is remotely correct. So I think he's still in the build-up to the Velta. And therefore, I'm like pointing at him also to be 59 of like Pogacar. I could be wrong here. He could be better than that. But I've got less confidence in him than I do in Tarling, for example. Because Tarling's focus on this World Champs is probably harder than Thomas's is. While Fisher Black, for example, I don't see him in that top, top list yet. He can do the, the outsider results. Almeida, similarly. Cataneo is one where I kind of feel like he could surprise with a fifth or fourth position. Because he's got these moments in these random time trials, especially the longer ones, where he can use his engine, where he can suddenly pop up in the top five. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's this time trial, for example. But he could just as well be ninth or tenth. So it's one of those riders that could, could be one or the other. But I, I lean more towards fourth and fifth right now. And the thing about Falls is, yeah, you said it, that, that fourth favorite or fifth favorite, whatever it was, fifth, fifth, I think, I don't see it because, like, he hasn't done it anymore. Like, he ninth in that Polonia TT, eighth in a Tour de Romandie TT, that was a, a pretty mountainous one, those. But that, then again, that shit on paper fit him. <laughs> then a prologue he did well in, but this, is, this ain't the prologue, this is a long TT. In Paranese was a team time trial, so it's hard to quantify what that means for a a regular individual time trial and in Algarve he was pretty far of the 
top prize either, finishing behind the likes of Martinez. And yes, last year, he had the same. Like, he came out of kind of nowhere when it comes to this time trial to the top result. Yes, he had some TT results, but nothing near what he did. So if he just shows up at the top step again, then congrats to him, but I don't see it at the moment. And I guess, should I go for my pick as well, or should I... Should we continue oh, about I'll just, other I'll just, first? Oh, I've got to give a shout out to Australia with Dennis and, and Jay Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, they'll be going for a top top six, maybe. I mean, top five they'll be having for, but I think we'll see both of them in the top ten. There's a lot of riders who I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll finish seventh or sixth. Seventh, uh, and that sort of region, like a isn't, Cavagnahu, we, you know, who knows where Cavagnahu will finish. Probably isn't, fifth. Sixth. Isn't this exactly what Rohan Dennis were preparing for the entire year? Cause like, I don't know. On paper, this is... Harrogate was his. It's much later. It's at a point in his career where he has been... He was a solid domestique in the Giro. I think his individual time trials this year were not good. He had one decent one in Gran Camino, where he lost from Vingegaard in a TT that on paper should fit him. And... In the Giro, he didn't really get the opportunity for the individual time trials because it seemed like he was saving energy looking at the results that he was, was getting there. In Tour de Suisse, we didn't see him do the final time trial, if I recall correctly. The first time trial, he got 36, but that was a prologue of 12.7, so an initial time trial of 12.7 kilometers. I, yeah, but he was good at them. Back in the day, yes. Well, yeah, well, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> Then you have your answer. I don't think he will be that good. Probably not. Uh, anyway, we'll see how Australia go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all the main guys. I mean, Bissiger, yeah, Bissiger's another just outside. It's hard to know. Like, there's, if you ask me, do it, who will, you know, head to head between like a Cavagna and a Bissiger? Yeah, it really depends on the shape. On mate, on, yeah, it's hard. Mate. Head-to-head yeah. -head between Craddock and Aramirai, who's going to win there? Craddock's in good shape. I mean, Craddock in the road race was really, really good. Craddock in the tour was good. I'm going to go Craddock. <laughs> Are you going to bet your house on it? Repeat my mistakes of yesteryear. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting time trial with the hills at the end. Maybe it'll be, I hoping we'll have the last intermediate check and then really, really close between four riders and then the last hill decides it. Heartbreak for some, jubilation for others. That would be the perfect end to this TT. What's your podium, Benji? Mine is first Josh Tarling, second Remco, third Wout van Aert. <laughs> I am going to go for... <sighs> it's really close for me between van Aert, Evenepoel and Kung. And I'm Belgian, so I would automatically be question to select a Belgian right there, but fuck it, I'm neutral today. And therefore I select Stefan Kung as the top prize winner. It's very unlikely because he always is the bridesmaid, but um, Stefan Kung wins ahead of Van Aert Silver because on brand, Evenepoel third. Okay, that's the men's TT. I think it's going to be a cracker. I can't wait to watch unless Remco brings his Giro stage one shape, in which case... It's all over by the second intermediate. Uh, or maybe Ghana Surprise. Who knows? These, these long TTs, they're actually much more exciting, in my opinion, than the shorter the 30K TTs because they just can have much weirder results and 
There's, there, yeah, I just can't wait. Uh, anyway, that's the men's TT. The women's TT, 36Ks, similar course. They start in Sterling. They go out on the A road, take the right-hander, but then they take a left onto, I don't know, some other B road, <laughs> B8 uh, something, and, and go back down and, and sort of skip the, the longer uh, Kippen loop. Oh, they, sorry, they don't do the loop uh, around Kippen and that hill. They come back a bit shorter. They still go up Garganok and Leckie Road, where there's the second intermediate check, and then they do touch road as well. So it's 180 meters elevation gain in 36 Ks. It's about the same, you know, five meters elevation gain per kilometer, same as the men's, just 12 K shorter. They just cut out the kip and loop. And yeah, with that punch up to Sterling Castle, and this is an interesting start list as well. And, and another one that really, like with the information that we have, or rather don't have, it, it's very difficult uh, to say exactly what you think will happen because normally you say Marlon Royster is the heavy, heavy favorite. Mm -hmm. She is the favorite without Ellen van Dyke being here. And who is here for the Netherlands? Uh, Volinger Marcus. And, and that would be true, except Chloe Dygert's racing. And Chloe Dygert's this sort of generational talent. She's on the start list. And like last, when was it? 2020 was the last World Champs TT she did three years ago, um, four races ago, and that was the one she crashed in in Imola, and she was up on Van der Brecken, and that's kind of derailed her career for the last three years, and she won the World Championships TT in Harrogate by a minute 30 on Van der Brecken, so who knows? Diet looked pretty good early in the <laughs> season in road races. I think... Uh, yeah, it's, it's like I don't know what shape Diget is in because if Diget is in her best possible shape, she will win this TT. Um, but maybe am I discounting how good Royce was? I feel like if we take a look at how we analyzed Royce in the past, in the head-to-head -head with Ellen Van Dijk for a second, didn't we always come to the conclusion, I don't know if we changed that somewhere last year, that... She ended up being weaker in the second half of a long time trial because I recall her being a, a Bissiger like character where she's between 20 and 30 kilometers with an ideal in a time trial. Now, without Van Dijk there, she's on paper the, the head favorite. If we don't think about the likes of a Digert for a second, because she's still bloody strong in a long time trial. But then again, Brown beat her last year. So. I think it might be closer thanks to the fact that it's still 36 kilometers this time. It's not 23, it's not 20, it's not 25. So I don't necessarily have it that close together either, but I still have Royster against all the rest of the competition. Now, I don't know what to expect from Dyard. I'll be honest about that, because it's, it's very hard to, to quantify the level that she will arrive with based on the results that she had because they're mostly road raid results this year. And I can't base it off the American ITT either. She didn't have a major gap on Lauren Stevens in the ITT National Championships, if I recall, this year. I think it was like 10 seconds, 8 seconds, something like that. I've got a question, though. Maybe, maybe you're aware of this. Maybe Luke, the producer, knows this. But we take a look at the start list of this race. We know that the women have an elite championships. And they have a junior one. They don't have a separate U23 category, I think. And 
if we then take a look at the riders that are signed up, for example, for Belgium here, we've got an 18-year-old, Fabioris, who was third, if I recall correctly, at the women's junior race of the World Championships last year. She's now 18. And is she in that Belgian team because she's not eligible anymore because she's passed the, the date to be eligible for the junior race? Because I thought some 18 roles are still in the junior race, I think, and somewhere in the elite race. I don't know. Where will she come in the TT? I don't think in this elite <laughs> one very far, but she could, she could fight for the win in the junior if she's eligible, which whether, if she's here, she probably isn't. Yeah. But um, is there a U23 battle here as well then? I don't know. Maybe, maybe let's round off the, the, the top favorites for the elite first. Yes. Um, Chloe Digert won the individual pursuit by like eight seconds, I think, last week on the track. So she's obviously in very, very good shape. Uh, that's a four-kilometer event that, that Ghana uh, beat Bigham in. And so I think, yeah, she's in, she's in good shape. Uh, and back to your point on Roysa, mm -hmm. that was the European Championship. She beat Van Dijk last year. That was 24Ks. And then she, she lost, you know, by a lot in the, in the 36K. Oh, no. Yeah, 34K World Championships event. And so, again, how much does she beat Vollering by this year as well? Like mm -hmm. 10 seconds in the Tour de France TT, 8 seconds in the Tour de Suisse TT. But... Those were a lot healier than what we have here. So, yeah. you know, uh, I think she's probably a little bit short. I, I, I think Digert should be the favorite, actually. Really? Uh, Vollering is the third favorite at 650. Grace Brown, who came second last year, but that was the odd Australian TT, is fourth favorite at $12. Marcus, 15. Glazzini was, I think, fifth last year or fourth in the World Champs TT in Australia, 51. Then Labou, 67. So, really. The two, it, it's Roysa, Daigert, Vollering, and then Brown with about a you know eight percent chance is, is there. She looked good in the uh, Po TT, which was hillier yeah. than this, but you know last she's cor she's correctly priced, and yeah, second last year. So, uh, who do you think it? I think it definitely does suit Roysa that it's not as hilly as those Swiss and and Po TTs. I think Vollering, I don't see it. Uh, yeah. Maybe the length, like 36K suits her as someone with like, her, if she can do a Tourmalet Watts for that long, but I think it's right that she's third favorite. Are there, is there anyone really out of those four, like kind of like the men's, I would be really surprised if anyone else came in the top three apart from those top four. Marcus didn't look good in the Tour de France fam. I really think Brown is... The only other one that could come in the top three. Am I missing anybody? No, uh, I agree, to be honest. Like, he's in Holford's like a top 10 candidate. We know that every single year. Norsgaard has a solidity every now and then, but I'm also looking at a 10 to 15 position, roughly, maybe an eighth position, something like that. Labou, same thing, eight to 15th position, that area. So, all these other riders, I'm looking at that thing. And when it comes to Marcus, and Volring, like, Volring had the better Tour de France CT. We know that Marcus had the ITT women's race. I expect them... How much will the TDFF influence this race? I, I don't know. Like, how much has Volring been parting after the Tour de France femme? <laughs> also a good question. <laughs> but, uh, I, um, I agree. I feel like 
outside of those favorites, I don't see anyone that will necessarily suddenly show up out on top, but I'm, I've got this feeling that because of the longer time trial, because we haven't really seen that this year either for Royster on the plate, that we don't know if she's gotten better at the longer time trials, and I somewhat feel like we might be sleeping on Grace Brown as a, as a consequence. Yeah, she's got the Jayco setup. Oh no, she doesn't have the Jayco setup. She she wasn't that team, and then they didn't re-sign her. <laughs> she's still got. Yeah, she's. I, I don't know. Maybe it does. Yeah, because it's a similar length to in, in uh, last year in Wollongong. Amber Neben, if we throw back all the way back <laughs> to the Harrogate TT, where Royster actually finished yeah. three minutes three minutes down on Diget, but that was when in 2019 she was still on uh, the WCC team. She wasn't on her. Uh, slick SD work setup, but Amber Neiman, Neiman, sorry, she's on the provisional list for America, not confirmed list. Forty-eight years old. She's a specialist in the ITT. She actually won in twenty sixteen and two thousand and eight. Uh, but she's yeah, she did. She came third in the national champs in the United States, only thirty-three seconds behind Diget. So Diget will need to do a better result than that, I think, to win. That was on the uh, the end of June. Uh, so America got a really good, they got Stevens as well. They, they got really good time trialists, but yeah, I, that's, that's just one be like, if you're like, who's Amber Neben? Be like, she is a specialist. She's always, <laughs> she doesn't even yeah. do, she only does national events now pretty much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Living she's got life. a lot of power. Um, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, Royce's setup, is it, is it that much better than last year? I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to go with Diget Benji. I think, uh, like, kind of like with my pick with Tarling, I'm going to assume she's in the best shape possible. I think she's the most talented, one of the most talented riders in the world. And, yeah, I think she just wins this time trial by a big margin too. Like, I think if she does win, it's going to be by a big margin because she's by far the best. Uh, I don't think it's going to be by a small margin. And if she doesn't, she doesn't win then. I'm not even sure if she comes in the top three. It's just kind of that sort of rider. Uh, but Royce, uh, yeah, never a better chance to win with Ellen van Dijk out. Yeah. You think Volering has a chance or no? Is it too flat? I wonder how much the, the recovery between days in the Tour de France Femme helped her in the pole time trial versus other riders who are not necessarily GC riders, you know? So... Because eight days in a row, the eighth day is a time trial without the rest day in between those eighth days. That means that it's also about the fatigue that you build up throughout those days and your ability to handle that fatigue over eight days. And Boring's very good at that, and we saw that in the pole time trial. And I think, I think that's also one of the reasons where I don't necessarily see her winning here. And I expect her close, I expect her top five, but I don't have her on the top step here. And when it comes to Royster, I've said my story about her. She's, I understand that she's the favorite going into this based on the last year, especially knowing that Van Dijk is not here. But I like the idea of an upset in my head, so I'm going for Grace Brown instead. Nice. I pre um, you're doing the Australian job for me, but yeah, that's, that's going to be my podium too. Sorry, but quite offensive that you're not choosing Faber Jordis as your winner, as a Belgian. I, I, who, uh... Don't say who is that. <laughs> she only nah she is good she finished a minute behind Kapeki in the yeah. wait where's Kapeki 
uh, focusing on the road race. That's mental. <laughs> Where does she come in the protein team? Out. Ah, she wouldn't beat Royce. She wouldn't beat Royce. She finished 40 yeah. seconds after her in the Helio Pro TT. She could, she could medal, but yeah, you're right. She just thinks she can't win, so she's not going to do it. But yeah, costing Belgium a medal, Benji. She's, yeah, you're right. She's doing the well from last year. That worked out well in Wollongong. <laughs> um, but yeah, my podium, Daigert, Royce, Volering third. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the TT. I think uh, I think we'll have a pretty good idea at the first intermediate, actually. Uh, and you've got to remember, there's no there is no U23 road race for the women, is there? And no time trial either, even though you wouldn't have to hold a separate time trial event. So this was an entire big discussion uh, over the last few years that there is no separate U23 race, and then they implemented. I think it was last year, the first year, or eleven was the first year, if I recall correctly, where they implemented a U23 jersey for the first U23 rider in the road race. And if I recall in the, might be in the ITT, I don't know if it's in the ITT as well. I actually don't know, but I would expect so based on what they said. I, I don't mind there not being a separate ITT race because it doesn't really matter. Eh? Like, it's not like they cross over the line and have their hands in the air as the winner in a time trial anyway. But when it comes to a road race, I just want a separate U23 road race. Sorry, but I feel like that's the bare minimum and they're planning that. so. Let's hope it's come soon. Yeah, that's always a strange one. And yeah, especially the national champs as well. Some national championships yeah. award it when it's the same race. And that's just Mate, I find that very strange. We've got the, isn't it the Slovakian and Czech won the same race? Yeah. The national championships? Is the Baltic ones all the same? Do. Really? I don't know. Don't, don't know. Uh, if Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania all do the, the same in the same Might race. Might yeah, but anyway, can't wait. The women's, as I said, is on Thursday. The men's is on Friday. And yeah, let's see. Can Will the Chloe Diget of Harrogate, the generational super talent, will that reappear this Thursday? I can't wait to see. One will Remco or Belgium finally win a TT World Championships on Friday? And Benji's got one more thing. One more thing. I feel like we have... I'm kind of, I wasn't expecting Niedermeyer to be on the women's start list. Yeah, she's small, right? Yes, but she's a good time trialist, though. Mm. I don't know if it's remotely competitive, though, because we haven't seen her at a, a World Tour level TT, but wouldn't surprise me if she's suddenly 6th or 7th. Anyway, that was my last saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she did well in the German National Champs, but that was without, I don't think Lisa Klein or Brenau did that, so that's hard for me to really evaluate. Um, that's the difficulty with the women, a lot of the women's TTs, like that's the only individual time trial what she's done in. I think that she wrote a U23 ITT in Germany with a better time than the women's elite national ITT. Right. Which I don't know what that means for the world championships, but I guess we'll see next time. Oh, that was the U23. Okay, so yeah. that was the U23 one. That was why I wasn't. See, that's just silly. I, I think it was another one that did that. Uh, maybe the Hungarian TT uh, as well was a bit strange. The U23 and the Elite one. But New yeah, Zealand. Over, and New Zealand did it as well. Yeah, I think if you do the fastest time, you should probably... Ah, it's not... I don't know. That's a separate discussion. But we've also <laughs> got a lot of transfer news at the moment. We haven't reached critical mass yet. 
like Milan just got announced to Trek. Yeah. Once we get, I don't know, some teams haven't announced anything, like Quickstep and Yumbo, UAE have announced everything, Ineos have announced nothing. Once we get a critical mass of signings, we'll do a transfer recap. I think that'll be after World Championships. Yes. But yeah, thanks as always for listening. Let us know your picks down below, and we'll see you with the recap of the women's on Thursday. Till then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.